Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. It is easy to say there is a climate crisis. It's much harder to fix it. Rising lake levels closed beaches and caused property damage along the shores of Lake Ontario across the county. Flooding along rivers and creeks is more evident. Then there are the sweltering dry summers. Plus, there are countless studies pointing to a fast-approaching tipping point where the entire globe will not be able to turn back. With all that said, it's getting pretty hard to know what can be done, at least locally. An advisory committee called the Climate Change Working Group is doing an online survey right now to create a strategic plan for Port Hope and its residents. It is an example of how a global crisis can be addressed through local initiatives. The chair of this working group took time this week to sit down and talk about the survey, the plan going forward, and what can be done about climate change. Here is that interview. I'm so pleased to have with me today Bob Biffin, Chair of the Climate Change Working Group for the Town of Port Hope. Welcome to Consider This. Thank you, Rob. I'm glad to be here. Tell us about this climate change survey for Port Hope residents. Um, Well, uh, I think I need to put in context um, uh, why we're doing this survey and uh, the, the group that's leading this effort, Rob. Um, uh, I'm chair of a uh, advisory council to the municipality of Port Hope, so responsible to council uh, for climate change. So council created uh, through a resolution and bylaw uh, a group of volunteers to focus on climate change, uh, and I happen to be the current chair of that group. Um, so within, within that context, the mandate that we were given by council, and this, this focuses on the corporation of Port Hope, uh, not to the exclusion of all of the citizens and residents. Uh, everybody has uh, their part to play in uh, how we behave and how we, we help mother nature. Uh, but exclu- uh, specifically for the corporation of Port Hope, uh, the mandate that we have is to help uh, the municipality uh, build, uh, implement, manage, and measure a climate change action plan. So the survey uh, is uh, one of the steps along the path uh, to get there. and. It's an important, very important step uh, because what it is intended to do uh, is uh, collect citizen and stakeholder uh, information and views as to what the municipality should consider. Uh, The results of the survey will be uh, assimilated uh, and presented to council. Uh, Council, you know, are under no obligation 
to do anything, uh, that would be a terrible, terrible outcome. Uh, but uh, the part of the, uh, the process is to understand what the community believes is important as council decide what steps they're going to take. Can we just ask a little bit about your background and how you came to this issue? Uh, sure. Um, uh, uh, my wife and I are fairly new to Port Hope. Uh, we, uh, we've been here a little over seven years. Um, uh, when we moved out here, I was still working full time. Uh, I retired a couple of years ago. Uh, and as we moved to Port Hope, we didn't know anybody. Um, we, we chose this lovely little town to live in, uh, but didn't know anybody. So we both decided to get involved in, um, in activities and groups within uh, the municipality. Uh, I volunteered uh, for an earlier version of this uh, advisory council a number of years ago, uh, partly because I'm very passionate about the environment and I think, you know, our, our misuse uh, of, uh, of our mother planet is, is, is terrible. So we, we all bear a responsibility for that. Uh, but I also, uh, um, it was a good way for me personally to uh, network and to meet people. Uh, and so, um, uh, so that, that's why I got involved. Um, uh, you know, being uh, elected chair of the, of the group a couple of years ago uh, was really just a function of uh, the group as a whole deciding who they thought might uh, do an okay job of, uh, of leading this group. And uh, it was, my, uh, it was my, my privilege to, uh, to step up to that. Is there anything in your background that is related to climate or to environment? Um, no, there isn't. Uh, I spent uh, my entire working career uh, in the technology sector, uh, in uh, sales and executive uh, management positions. Uh, so that the short answer is no. Uh, I'm, you know, I have a have a lot of expertise in business, business management. Uh, and, and I look at this whole topic uh, and I try to take the emotion out and, and think about this as uh, we have a problem. Um, you know, I believe in the science. Others may want to debate the science, but we have a problem uh, and we have within our ability uh, the, um, uh, the, the opportunity uh, to act locally. So yes, this is a global problem, Rob, uh, but we're not trying to solve the world here. Uh, we're trying to act responsibly and act locally uh, to make a difference within our community. Uh, and so I look at this really as um, what we need to build is a plan. Uh, and once we build that plan, we then need to work that plan. Uh, so we, we can't begin to address how we effectively make a difference without a plan or a roadmap. And we're at the stage in this process where we need to develop an action plan that spells out all of the things that 
the municipality is going to commit to do. Uh, and then the hard work really begins, and that is to implement it, to manage it, to measure it, uh, and make sure that we see results from that activity. Now, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the committee, and, and I also understand that the council has adopted a four-step climate action plan that was approved back in 2019. So I know there was a committee before the one that you're working on, and I know there's this four-step action plan. Can you talk a little bit about those and explain what, how those are significant? Yep. So an earlier version of this uh, group was, uh, was a real handful. Uh, it was called the Center of Excellence uh, for Environmental Sustainability Working Group. I had a very broad mandate uh, we had three pages of, um, you know, we really like you to work on this uh, working group uh, mandate. And it was far too broad. We, we spent many, many meetings uh, talking about all kinds of interesting stuff, but we weren't getting anywhere. We wasn't, it wasn't narrow, it wasn't specific. Um, that that kind of changed in September of 2019 when we were fortunate to um, uh, connect with um, McMaster University. So the university uh, was interested in working with Port Hope um, to help the community to develop and implement a climate action strategy. Uh, and so with, uh, with the collaboration of McMaster uh, and, and what you're referring to is the resolution that council passed to allow us to work with McMaster um, was expected to be uh, four stages. Uh, COVID kind of hijacked, uh, you know, a good part of that. Uh, originally, we were not anticipating doing a survey. We were going to try to do live in-person working groups and meetings, of course, not any of that can happen uh, in today's climate. So uh, that's, that's how we got to, uh, to we, what we were forced to do, which is everybody is doing is pivoting to how can we best collect uh, information from the community as one of the components uh, to uh, report to council. Now, I understand before though the pandemic, there was an open house in October of 2019 what happened there and what did the community garner from this open house? Uh, that was the first phase. Uh, it was uh, conducted by uh, two of the professors from McMaster who work uh, in the Booth School of Engineering. And uh, both of those professors continue to be actively engaged with us as of you know right now with this survey. Uh, and that first phase was a fairly small meeting uh, to present to the people that chose to attend uh, what the mission was, what we were trying to accomplish uh, with uh, the collaboration of McMaster. And uh, for the people that attended, it was an opportunity for them to input their ideas to help shape uh, the, uh, the next stage of the action with, uh, uh, with McMaster which was intended to be through the winter of uh, 2020. 
and we barely got started with that and we were you know we were we were trapped by covid but i understand it all hasn't stopped either um i i understand that mcmaster has completed some things over this past year and there's been a number of tools that have been introduced can you tell us a bit about what those are and why they're significant yep so uh out of that first meeting in October of 2019, which was held at uh, uh, Trinity College School, uh, uh, the McMaster issued a preliminary report uh, summarizing, you know, the feedback they received, uh, and that report was tabled to council for their information. Um, the second stage um, was. Uh, was intended to be these working groups uh, and meetings where we were we were going to have public information sessions uh, and staff working groups to try to collect information. And because we were unable to do that, um, McMaster, uh, well, uh, Port Hope, uh, our working group, and and McMaster started working on uh, the uh, building a survey where we could, you know try to get that information differently than, than uh, what we had intended. In the process though, um, uh, and what McMaster are doing is using graduate students to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, two of the graduate students uh, did uh, prepare a very detailed report and I'm happy to provide that to you if, if you're interested, uh, which uh, was, uh, uh, really uh, where they saw this process going for Port Hope, what is the, what were the latest, um, uh, I guess, factors that they were going to consider in their analysis of feedback from the community, uh, and uh, a little bit of uh, opening um, the view of, of uh, how they think a climate action plan will begin to be formulated. Um, and this report actually was the thesis for one of the graduate students uh, who has successfully graduated with his PhD. Uh, so it, it was more information for us, but more importantly for the mayor and council to understand that, you know, this, this, this is happening, we're doing this. Uh, and uh, stay tuned for the results from the survey. Uh, but uh, without any doubt, a climate action plan is, is essential for this municipality, uh, not only for the municipality to, to mitigate uh, and, uh, and adopt adaptation behaviors around climate change, uh, but in showing leadership uh, in how the municipality manages this manages uh, climate change. Uh, it gives uh, the municipality and the politicians some leverage to encourage residents to also adapt their behavior. So I don't, I don't know how, you know, elected politicians can profess what all of us as private citizens should do if uh, the municipality doesn't have their act together. Well, it's interesting you should mention that because I understand from my research that the, there was a, supposed to be a workshop or a consultation with municipal staff and others to look right. at how the town could, and the various departments could uh, make changes or how they could contribute to make a difference when it comes to climate change. Where's that at? 
Uh, well, it's um, it's it's not going to happen um, right now with uh, with all of the restrictions around COVID. Um, so we are going to use the results from the survey uh, to uh, uh, report to council at the end of the spring. And when it is safe and healthy, uh, then uh, and and our mandate, you know, from council continues, uh, then we could revisit uh, the uh, the senior staff meetings. Uh, a majority of the staff uh, live in Port Hope, and so you know they can respond to the survey as citizens. Um, but we, we simply don't have the opportunity to, to have a, a detailed you know, uh, department by department, um, uh, you know, working group session with staff. So uh, that, that probably will come down the road, but we can't wait for that, Rob. We've got to get on with this. And in, in the timeline of uh, council taking action, um, having, uh, having the results of the survey, which will then lead to uh, what is the framework for a climate action plan? What, what, would, it, what would it include? Uh, and what would be the steps for council to actually implement uh, a management plan around climate change? We need to do that now. Uh, we need to present that plan and it needs to be funded uh, uh, by the municipality in the next budget segment. So timing of, is of the essence. But I also understand too, though, that there was another survey that was done in, previously and the results were released in December of 2020. And it was showing that most people in Port Hope believe that water levels and the dry summer heat waves are a direct result of climate change. Is that result surprising to you? Uh, it, it did not surprise me, um, you know, at that at that time where, you know, high lake levels were, you know, uh, were, were, were present right now, the lake level is actually quite low. Uh, but I think people were reacting to the fact that, you know, uh, in perhaps in their lifetimes, they'd never seen lake levels as high as they had. Um, and the damage to the shoreline, to waterfront trails, uh, to some communities east of Port Hope in, in Brighton, uh, where residents, you know, uh, homes were damaged. Um, you know, it, 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 was, it was actual uh, information that people had to think, oh my God, like, what are we gonna do about this? Like, how, how are we gonna deal with this? So no, it didn't. It didn't surprise me, but it, it's a little bit of the, um, yeah, maybe maybe I believe in my heart that this is a problem, but it's really not affecting me personally. So you know, life goes on, and then an event, you know, like high lake levels, you know, you know, affects everybody. Uh, you know, eliminates beaches and Victoria Beach and Coburg was closed because of high levels. That begins to affect people's lives every day. Now, the survey showed residents uh, expect local governments to be leaders in action and adoption, plus encouraging the implementation of any plans. Is this doable? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, 
requires um, a, uh, a plan. So you, you're not going to achieve results uh, unless you have a, uh, a, a climate action plan that skip, spells out uh, in detail what the municipality uh, is committing to do. Uh, and it's important uh, you know, for the citizens to understand that in order to really make a difference with emissions uh, uh, and uh, a, a mitigation strategy uh, that, that's going to have some short-term and long-term benefits, it has to be based on, uh, on a strategy. Um, we can't wing this. This is not something you can kind of just think about and go out and do. And so um, action plan is going to commit municipality to higher resources to manage it. Uh, they're going to have to come up with budget funding uh, to implement it and to manage it and measure it. And probably as important as anything, Rob, report that back to the citizens. So here's what we said we would do. Here's how we're doing. And here are the results uh, over, the, uh, over the period of time. You are just an advisory committee. And you advise council and, you know, council can or can not do what you advise them to do. They can also jump on the bandwagon early and make themselves look good coming into an election. But then, you know, two or three years down the road, uh, when the, you know, we need it the most, they may not be as anxious to do this. What can you say to citizens and people listening that will assure them that the municipality is serious, they're going to take this on and they're going to be doing it over the long haul. And you're not just window dressing uh, to, to uh, grab the latest wave of popular concern. Uh, we've got a, a small group of uh, committed volunteers um, uh, that are trying to help the municipality uh, take uh, the right steps uh, to put mitigation and adaptation uh, into their strategy. The, the current strategic plan for the municipality does not include the environment. Uh, it's, it's for the public record. Uh, there's lots of important things the municipality considers strategic, uh, but environmental sustainability is not one of them. And so we're trying to help the municipality to uh, amend that strategic plan to commit them to environmental sustainability over the long haul. Uh, and you're absolutely right. Uh, we can uh, present um, the recommendations and suggest strongly what council uh, should adopt, uh, but we cannot force that to happen. Um, if they choose not to act, uh, there are going to be accountable uh, to the citizens um, in the next election. Now, people can be cynical about what government can do to change behaviors. What steps do you think council and municipal staff need to take to get buy-in from residents to address climate change? Um, need to look to need to look at this really in its piece parts, Rob. Uh, so a primary focus is going to be on CO2 emissions. And so within the municipality, uh, what, 
what does the municipality do that generates emissions and how can they mitigate or reduce those emissions? Uh, so that relates to um, uh, all of the, you know, all of the, all of the departments that uh, either drive vehicles, reside in buildings, um, that uh, where we can, we can introduce uh, changes in um, uh, how emissions can be reduced. Um, it's looking at renewable energy. Right now, the municipality is not committed to renewable energy. Uh, you know, it also will look at water and water conservation. So we, we all depend on clean water through our taps, uh, but water conservation is as important uh, as uh, as any other component of, uh, of a climate action plan. It involves sustainable transport. So uh, can we convert our local buses to hybrids or EVs? Um, we happen to live uh, in the Ganaraska uh, ecosystem uh, uh, river valley. So how, how we work both agriculturally and in the urban center uh, with the Ganaraska uh, River Conservation Authority and ecosystems is equally important. So it's not just one action, it's a whole series of actions that all are intended to, to meld together into a comprehensive climate action plan. All that sounds good from the municipal side, but what about in terms of residents and inspiring or getting residents to take steps and altering their own lives and their own lifestyles to meet these same goals? How does that happen? Um, well, some of it happens uh, with, uh, with leadership from uh, our local elected officials. Uh, so from councillors and from the mayor um, and, and for them to have the credibility to stand in front of their citizens and encourage and urge all of us to uh, you know, adapt our behavior um, uh, it, it, it has to come from a, a position of we're leading with a series of actions in how the municipality is managing their affairs. So, you know, it, you, could, you could be pretty cynical if the mayor is encouraging us to replace our vehicles with EVs uh, if the municipality is not taking the same kind of action. Uh, and so I think it, I think it starts with um, uh, the municipality adopting, uh, adapting and adopting uh, an action plan for how they operate within the community. And then for the politicians, uh, you know, and senior staff uh, to then, you know, take the position of we're all in this together. Uh, this is all about acting locally. Uh, and it's a lot more than recycling and reuse. Uh, uh, the more we can adapt, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the better our planet is going to be down the road. And frankly, it's really not about, you know, the low, the impact to us, you know, right now, it's about future generations. If we don't start now, our kids and our grandkids are, are, are just going to have this problem to solve. And it's going to be a lot worse than if we act now. And just for the listeners, EV stands for electrical vehicles. Uh, am I correct in that? That's correct. 
Okay. It's interesting. There was a chart in the survey that was released in December where people were expressing their preference as to the important issues for local government related to climate change. And they said climate change was uh, very high and infrastructuring, those were the ranked the, the highest. And taxes actually were second to last in terms of priorities. With this information, why is it necessary to go out and do another survey? I mean, is this not a clarion call for action and, and just to press ahead and, and put your strategic plan in place? Why do we need the second survey? Uh, the, uh, I, guess, I guess what you're referring to in December was a fairly small sample size. Um, and uh, we felt um, that because we were unable to have a series of public information sessions uh, and working groups where <clears throat> it would be open to a much broader segment of the uh, community, uh, that for us to have any credibility in presenting um, a framework for a climate action plan to council, we needed to have uh, a much broader stakeholder uh, input uh, to, to, to that uh, work. And so that was the purpose of doing the online survey. Uh, it, it, to get out to a much larger segment of the community than we were, uh, than, than we achieved in December. Uh, and, you know, I don't think the, the, when we initially started this, Rob, that we were thinking about doing anything online. Well, you know, here we are, um, you know, it, it becomes the necessity. Uh, and it really is a bit of a blessing because it's allowed us to, uh, for those that, you know, uh, are computer literate uh, to participate um, much more broadly than I think we could have even achieved through personal sessions. Earth Hour was this past weekend. And if you were not looking for information, I think it was barely there. Certainly there was not as much publicity as there was many, many years ago. Does this concern you? And is the public forgetting that climate change is really a, a critical issue? Uh, you know, I think, you know, we're all consumed with the public health um, issues that we have today. I think, um, you know, I think there's a lot of analogies between um, how vulnerable we are as citizens, you know, in this public health issue with, with COVID-19. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the broader analogy is climate change affects, you know, health and well-being. Um, it's, it's not as up close and personal as, you know, uh, as a virus that would, you know, potentially cause, you know, uh, sickness and, and death in some people. Uh, but it does affect the health and well-being of citizens over time. And so, um, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not critical of people focusing on their personal health. Of course, we should all do that. But climate change hasn't gone away. Uh, and the sooner we can, um, you know, turn our attention toward the longer term uh, effects and, and implement both mitigation and adaptation strategies, it's going to benefit the health and the well-being of, of, you know, not only our generation, but future generations. And one of the things that, that 
I was taught in many, many years uh, in the company that I worked in was understanding the difference between urgent and important. Right now, we are dealing with COVID-19 and that's urgent. It, it's affecting our health every day and everybody is now scrambling you know, for vaccines. The topic of climate change is, is important. It's important because it spans uh, a long period of time uh, and every day we don't address it. It just kicks the can down the road. And frankly, that's irresponsible. So we have the opportunity to act locally. We should begin that process now um, and not expect that there's going to be immediate return. The return is going to come over time. Uh, if we don't start today, it, we're just going to leave this bigger problem to our kids. So if we want to start today, how do we participate in the survey? Uh, well, the survey is, uh, the link uh, is available uh, uh, on the municipality of Port Hope website. Um, and so if citizens will go to that website, uh, there's a link that will take you to the survey. It'll take 15 or 20 minutes uh, of your time to, uh, uh, to go through it and read it. Um, uh, there's plenty of opportunity to provide comments. Uh, at the end of the survey, the results go directly to McMaster uh, and graduate students at the university will do the analysis and prepare the results uh, for us to present to council uh, later in the spring. So I encourage everybody to uh, take a few minutes uh, and uh, tell us what you think, uh, because in the end, um, we want our elected officials to believe that citizens believe they should act. If I'm not computer savvy, is there a way that I can participate? Uh, there isn't, Rob. The short answer is no. Uh, we just don't have the capability of uh, uh, doing either a phone or a hard copy survey. It's just not practical. So. Uh, we, we focused on the online survey as, as the means to collect this information. Bob Biffin, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. My pleasure. Thank you, Rob. That was Bob Biffin, chair of the Climate Change Working Group for the Town of Port Hope. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. 
And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.